The second paper in this panel is about early revolutionary sources and is by Andy Willimott of the University of East Anglia. The paper is entitled Researching Soviet Social History in the 1920s. Yes, I shall be talking on early Soviet sources today under the title The Soviet Experience, Researching Social and Cultural History in a Soviet Institution. And hopefully this title will soon become uh, apparent, or the reason for choosing this title will soon become apparent. Now, the, the October Revolution brought Lenin and the Bolsheviks to power on the crest of a wave, apparently driven by the inexorable forces of history. Alongside political revolution and Lenin's early optimism that government could be modelled on the German post office, came revolutionary developments in the archival realm. In much of Europe, our earliest documents were collected not for historical value, but for possible political purposes or usefulness. This was true of Russia. Treaties, charters, um, and other records uh, gained increasing importance as the princely rivalries were gradually consolidated by the Grand Prince of Moscow from the 14th century. In the 1480s, Ivan III reportedly ordered such records to be housed in a stone vault and the Russian archives can often seem like a stone vault. But while Imperial Russia would ultimately bequeath Soviet Russia with an archival system, the state-directed principles of archival management were the product of revolution. On the 1st of June 1918, Lenin signed a decree that gave the party official authority over archives, manuscripts, and governmental records. The archive was now an integral institution of the new Soviet state. All archival materials and manuscripts were nationalised, all agency records became the script of history as the party consciously and confidently mapped the way to communism. From revolution um, to the ideological battleground, battleground of Cold War, the Soviet archive remained an historical entity, a reflection and product of the experiment it was charged with the recording. To some extent, this is true of all archives in any modern developing state. Um, what we choose to preserve reflects upon our contemporary attitudes. But in the Soviet case, it is marked by the degrees and, and, and its overt nature. Indeed, anyone with recent experience of the Russian archive will tell you that they often remained a bastion of Sovietism. Many here today may have missed the opportunity to experience Soviet Russia firsthand, something that our supervisors are keen to remind us. Um, but there are still tasters out there. Um, the Consumol Archive, uh, or, or Division uh, of Argaspi, for instance, of which I have particular experience and fond memories, is run by Galina Mikhailovna, a former member of the Consumol Central Committee, prone to randomly halting research to quote Stalin or share in her reflections of the good old days. Uh, once you experience one of her biographical ramblings, when, <laughs> when she informs researchers that she lost her parents in, both her parents in war, was held in a prisoner of war camp, and didn't see her sister again until the 1970s, one soon learns to appreciate her stern manner. Um, so it, it's, it's not just the crumbling in infrastructure and, and, and the, the decaying buildings um, in which these archives are hold that, that conjure up the image of Sovietism. It's the actual culture within them. 
Uh, when organising this event, we were keen to avoid horror stories, and I hope what I'm telling you now isn't deemed a horror story. But it is important to note that these institutions maintain their own cultural ecosystems, if you will allow me to spoil Katrina Clark's metaphor. Um, when entering up into this world, it is beneficial to display consummal virtues such as discipline, respect, and on occasion to toe the party line, so to speak, uh, into, in regards particularly of your tiema, uh, and when explaining your work to the archivist or attendant, something that the next paper by Jonathan will extend upon. Uh, moreover, remember that the personable not the technological, still holds key in the Russian and former Soviet archives, something that Claire has obviously experienced. Um, more often than not in the West, we expect archive lists, lists to be electronically available so that we can hit the ground running when we arrive in the archive. And while there are exceptions, in Russia one will rely more heavily on the knowledge and grace of the archivist. Um, and clearly, the, the Russian archive is, is more than a simple repository uh, or, or a neutral setting to partake in a spot of friendly research. The Russian archive has long captured scholarly attention. Western perceptions and predictions regarding the, the previously mysterious entities or, or, or contents of these mysterious entities have played a key role in the development of historiography of our field. As the Russian Soviet archives first started to open, Patricia Grimstead asked two pressing questions. Firstly, to what extent have archival records been retained in, for the 1920s and 30s, or to what extent have they been destroyed beyond recall? And, 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 and secondly, has an adequate reference system been developed for historians to explore uh, and, and select appropriate materials, again something that we have all um, uh, had trouble with. Now essentially Grimstead was concerned with the readiness of the archives and missed the promise of uh, glasnost and archival reform. But others noted the complaints of the Moscow Historical Archi Archival Institute, who in 1988 claimed that during the years of stagnation, archives turned into bureaucratic organisations with a main aim preserving agency secrets, obviously playing on long-established Western fears. Indeed, the speculation regarding the contents of the archives helped fuel the debates at best and downright hostilities at worst uh, of the much rehearsed, much rehearsed totalitarian revisionist dichotomy. In this environment, figures such as Fitzpatrick, who as a foreigner uh, and a woman faced particular criticism, uh, make the Orlando Fiji's saga look rather trivial or small scale. Um, one rather personal review at the time read, Fitzpatrick's husband, Hugh, was famous student and acolyte um, and, had, and who, who had been um, designated to help prepare in the new edition of Feinsod's How Russia is Ruled. But after his mentor's death and his marriage to Sheila Fitzpatrick, an old-fashioned, old-left historian, Hugh changed his views. Um, Fitzpatrick at this time uh, with her, her, her emphasis on the social forces within the institutional arms of the Soviet edifice, uh, evidently earned the title of a corrupting Trotskyist. Um, and Daniel Field remembers, several years ago, I heard Fitzpatrick present a paper on the incidents of terror among the elite in the city of Moscow. 
I was surprised and bewildered by the fury the paper aroused in some members. I pondered the incident, drawing on half-remembered gossip, and wondered whether it was the reputation of the speaker or the expectations of the audience that, rather than the substance of her presentation, that aroused such passion. Um, so, given this environment, it is not surprising that figures such as Fitzpatrick, as well as Getty and Viola, uh, and many others, turn to the archives, not just as, as, a, as a way of good historic practice, but as a, as a means of legit legitimizing their views. Um, using the term archive rat uh, to stress their professional credentials. Thus, the inadequacies of the collective and the collective characteristics of dissident sources, namely the, the fact that they all seem to reject Soviet life, uh, they, they, they are born of incidents uh, l leading to emigration uh, or a personal horror of some kind. kind. Uh, all, all, all these problems became even more apparent. Uh, while uh, Robert Con Conquest reminds us that hitherto the best, though not infallible, uh, source has been political uh, rumour at a high um, level, or indeed police, uh, uh, for, from police sources. So thus, it, it obviously didn't take long for the practical value of archival research to shine through, um, especially for those looking at early Soviet Russia when thematically concentrated material and extensive cross-referencing cross, cross in the catalogues um, made or, or brought a new directness to research and, and, and our ideas. Furthermore, extensive, almost daily policy recordings enabled the researcher to see how and when decisions unfolded with a new precision. And, and indeed, the archives still allow us to do this. Another surprising benefit pertaining to document credibility uh, was that um, if uh, well, archive, um, researchers found that if there was editorial interference, it, it was unlikely um, to be cuts or doctoring. Um, rather, censoring comes in the form of files simply marked secret. This is perhaps one of the two true ironies of, of Soviet history. The state, meticulously main, maintaining the script of history, again, conscious uh, development here, created a wealth of documentation that was simply not obtainable for so long. And by 1990, Fitzpatrick was confident enough to say that social history had now come to the fore. 1917, the Civil War, and NEP, NEP she continued, can be studied from an abundance of comparatively accessible sources. While the Stalin period offers great, greater difficulties, this statement remains largely true in regard to the 1920s. The wealth and quality of subsequent research is a testament to this fact. However, our movement to the archive can also be seen to have a detrimental effect as the historical framework shifted and the Soviet anti-Soviet paradigm was finally broken, some, something of an archival fetish, fetishism developed. Perhaps prevalent among some American scholars and some, some scholars that, that, that younger scholars that we also met out in Moscow, the virtue of the archive can be extolled above the virtue of balanced research. Um, as we start to equate archival documents with greater reliability and spur other sources. But good research requires the use of both the ephemeral and the official. In reality, 
the writing of social and more recently cultural history still faces substantial obstacles. The very structure of the archive and the cataloguing of libraries reflects the party's obsession with party and political history. Um, the, the conceptual framework does not lend itself to all modes of history. Um, as state institutions, they recorded an almost dizzying array of general meetings, minutes, stenographs, and even scribblings from one Soviet institution to another, um, from the highest to the, to the lowest level. Uh, researchers of topics such as heroism are presented with greater pickings within this archival structure, these materials being highly valued by the old Soviet and current Russian state. But most researchers will find themselves thinking laterally um, as they try to piece together their projects. My research um, on the experiment, experimental uh, living um, habits of, of young consul and youth members um, had no place within the archival structure, no home, no single place to go to. Nor did the cultural themes attached to it, such as uh, activist visions of Soviet culture or obshistvanos. It required many painstaking hours of intelligent guessing um, and the kind of page turning that will leave your fingers red raw, which is a likely occurrence considering the poor quality paper upon which most of these documents are printed. One should combine these the ephemeral and the official, chasing down leads from each source as they arise. And luckily, this is where the personable within the archive structure proves itself very useful. I would often present um, newspaper cuttings to various archiv archivists, or Galina, mostly Galina Mikhailovna, who um, could then suggest possible avenues of research or, or either particular documents to look at. Um, these copies can also be used, or, or can be useful, when, when trying to explain your, your, your topic to an archivist who will often be comfortable within the guidelines of their own uh, opacity, but struggle to understand your TMA. Um, but a, 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 as most of us will agree, it is, it is also best to um, humour the archivist at points and, and, and accept what, what, what they recommend before you start insisting uh, what you actually want uh, and, and therefore imply that their, their, their suggestions are quite useless, which was, well, was the situation with, with me anyway. <laughs> Another tactic that might prove beneficial um, is the use of non-central archives. In the Consumol, for example, it is apparent that regional documents are generally, uh, generally filtered or refined as they reach the centre. Um, I did not use regional archives per se, but I did use museums and local institutions whose assistance and material has proven invaluable, especially now that I'm back in Britain and, and analysing these documents. The, the, these local institutions uh, might hold um, onto material that a central institution would struggle to categorise. More often than not, files um, contain an interesting confusion of material, uh, which might just provide the social cultural researcher with the tangible and lively evidence lacking in the official rhetoric of the central archives. This brings me, um, thank you. This brings me to a source with which the revolutionary period and the 1920s seems uniquely blessed. That is, the array and quality of newspapers and journals. 
whether centrally sourced or local war newspapers or student papers, uh, the, 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 these items are often proudly stored in museums and regional institutes. And the researcher should value these publications. When used in conjunction with other sources, they can make or break a project. The early newspapers and journals reflect the true complexities of the early Soviet state. The, the varying strands of revolutionary thought can be quite readily seen. Um, indeed, at, at this time, one is tempted to say that the newspapers and journals are themselves archives. Official documents, declarations, and even discussions were sometimes reproduced within them. I even found full facsimiles in an ob obscure journal called Narpit. Um, a basic level of caution and, a, and some wide uh, range of reading will provide the researcher with the with evidence of both the social, social and cultural developments and a fascinating glimpse into the far from monotone reaction, uh, reaction within different sections of the press. And indeed, the, these sources um, are no, uh, should be read with no less caution than, 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 than the archives, and, and, and they are no, no, no less useful. Um, as Sehi Yekelchik, um, if that's pronounced correctly, uh, said in his article, uh, Archiving Heteroglossia, uh, in which he said that um, we, we can see that many uh, were writing for the archive. In, instead of speaking Bolshevik, they were writing archives. Uh, so, so we need to be cautious of, 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 of their conscious uh, and, and committed effort to adding to this this narrative that would ultimately lead to communism and, and, and presumably glorify, glorify the path on, on route. Um, thus, um, that relic of Sovietism, the Russo-Soviet archive, can continue to provide us with stimulating and good histories, but they will always require intelligent, imaginative and determined research. Thank you.